don't you just love that bass line when it comes in on that song? Just like Eric running sound there. Like sound guys get no love. Can we give it up for our sound guy, Eric? Every time I come to this campus, he has it so nice. Like when it drops, it's like, yeah. You know, you just want to do some Beyonce right there. You know what I'm saying? Oh, single ladies. Oh, you know, I don't know. It's just gets me going. I don't know what the deal is. Hey, welcome to Coastal. My name's TJ, and I am one of the pastors here that does the single ladies dance. So uh, we're glad that you're here with us. Uh, a couple things before we get started. Inside your worship, guys, where some Christmas Eve invite cards. I want to encourage you. Our Christmas Eve services are going to be off the chain this year. I don't even know what that means, but it just sounds cool. And so they're going to be really, really awesome. Uh, supposedly, this is the word on the street. Santa Claus and Mrs. Claus are showing up. I don't, I don't know if that's true or not, but there is the possibility. Some other cool things are happening. It's absolutely incredible. I want to encourage you to come out to that. Also, uh, we started our 12 days of serving yesterday. Inside your worship guides uh, are some opportunities for you to get involved with that. Uh, yesterday, we were at SOS Children's Village. We were in Collier City doing a remodel project on a, on a woman's home that was about to be evicted by the city of Pompano Beach if she didn't do some things, and we were able to go in there and help her out. We were also wor working with Habitat for Humanity, doing some work there as well, and so some cool things happening. Today, we're collecting goods for homeless, and so, man, we'd love for you to be a part of that. There's a box in your lobby for that. Tomorrow, I'm pretty pumped about this because it's not just about Coastal. We're about the big church. We're about the big C. And tomorrow, we're partnering with First Church in Coral Springs. They do a, a big, huge deal called Bethlehem Revisited. If you've never been to it, it's absolutely incredible. But we're going out. We're partnering with them. We're, they're going to see somewhere between two and 3,000 people go through Bethlehem Revisited tomorrow. And we're going to be out there just handing out hot chocolate and coffee and, and just loving on people. And so, man, we'd love for you to be out there and just, just helping people as they work their way through the lines. There's long lines for this event. And so it's great that we can work together for the kingdom of God. I encourage you to get involved and serve as we're leading up to Christmas because that's what Jesus is all about. He's about serving. And, and we embody the values of Jesus here, and we want you to embody those values as well. And then also... At the end of the service today, we've been talking about this for the last month or so. It's our opportunity to participate in Greatest Gift. We're excited about that. And I've been blown away by some of the generosity that some of you guys have already done um, to really impact the next generation here at our church, locally at this campus and our Coconut Creek campus, and also at our campuses in Africa as well. And so this is really, really cool about what's going on. Today, we're in this series called The Struggle is Real. And we've been just talking about different struggles that happen all throughout life. And today, uh, the thing we're going to talk about is something I guarantee that all of us, to some degree, in some manner, are dealing with. This past week, I was in Orlando uh, at a roundtable for pastors, and we were hanging out, and we had some breaks in there. And so I thought to myself, you know what? I'm going to go and try to get some Christmas shopping done while I'm away from my wife and, and here. And so I was near International Drive in Orlando where the outlet malls are, and I thought to myself, you know what? I'm going to go hit up an outlet mall. And and get some shopping done. Um, and some of you guys are laughing already because you must have gone to an outlet mall as well. And so I rolled up there. And if you want to uh, find some crazy, chaotic people who will kill you for a parking spot, go to an outlet mall. Uh, like, people are crazy right now, aren't they? Trying to get their shopping done. How many of you all got your shopping done this year? Like six of us. Okay, good. So there's not a whole lot of us. There's still hope. I'm, I'm a procrastinator too. And so last year... Uh, Shayla and I, we, we were kind of procrastinators, so we were going like the day or two before Christmas to get some Christmas shopping done, and we were down here, and so we thought, man, where's a good place to get a lot of shopping done, and we, we made the worst possible decision 
for a place to go shop, we decided to go to Sawgrass Mills Mall. Y'all have been, apparently, okay? Uh, and, you know, and, and if you go to Sawgrass Mills in the holidays, you're just, like, getting in, a, like, a herd of cattle. Like, wherever anybody else is going, that's where you're going because you're just walking and people are shoving you. And whatever you get shoved into, you're like, I didn't really want to go to Victoria's Secret, but I guess I'm shopping here. Sorry, Mom. You know, uh, like, okay, that might be awkward. Uh, <laughs> You know, and you just end up in all these places, and, and it's just, it's chaos. It's like, like all the, you're going insane when you're there. And so we were leaving trying to get out of Sawgrass Mills. And you, when you're leaving, there's always like 47 people following you for a parking spot, aren't they? Because everybody wants a spot there. And so we're walking out to our car. We got cars lined up behind us. We got people waiting at the end of our road to see where we're going to go, creeping up. And, you know, there's like a standoff between the cars, like who's going to get the spot? Because it's all about the spot, and people will kill for that spot. And so finally, we get to our car, we get in, and they're, you know, they back up traffic going both ways. And so we're trying to back out, and this guy decides, like, I'm tired of waiting behind a car. And he kind of zips out and tries to go around, but I've backed out now. So now there's, like, congestion, like, you can't go anywhere because I can't go straight because he's in my lane trying to pass this guy who's trying to get in my spot. But the guy behind me is trying to get in my spot. And they're like, they're staring each other down, and, I'm, and I go, and I just look at this guy, and, and I hate this when people break the rules in the parking lot, and I just go like this. And the guy looks at me and goes like this. I don't even know what this means, but it got me hot. And I'm like, oh, no, he didn't. And then he pulls up right next to me. He, he goes around and he pulls up next to me. He rolls down his window and he does it again. At this point, like, I, like, I am no longer a Christian right now at this moment. Like, I, I, I go, oh, no, he didn't. And, uh, you know, I didn't throw my car in park. I just hit the button that said park, uh, <laughs> you know, because you can't throw it in there. Like, you can't even get angry. You're like, dang it, park. I'm like, Shayla, I'm beating him down. And I start taking off my seatbelt. Oh, I open up my door, and Shayla grabs me by the back of the neck, and I'm like, I don't care that his kids are in the car. He deserves a beat down, you know? Anybody feel me? Anybody, anybody have that moment? Like, a little road rage, a little road rage. Confession, good for the heart. Bad for your character. But, you know, like, like I'm, I'm like, I, I don't care. And she's like, TJ. Do you really want to be on tomorrow morning's news? I'm like, I don't care. He, 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 his kids need to learn a lesson for him. You know, like, like, like you just don't do that. Um, somebody can send me an email and let me know what that knows. I, I still don't know what that, I didn't want to look it up. Uh, but, like, Shayla called me down a little bit. She just kept me in the car, and that guy drove off. Uh, like, he actually got a little scared. Um, and so he's, he, he rolled off. Um, you just never know. Like, I could have had my gun with me. I don't even own a gun, but I thought about owning one and just, pop a cap in him right there but <laughs> a lot of confession going on here today a lot of confession holidays make you crazy maybe for you it's not shopping but like there's some chaos going on in your life there's some there's some craziness going on in your life maybe it's in your finances that you you got some craziness going on it's like man i don't i don't know how this is all going to work and i've got all these gifts that i'm buying for people that i don't even like to impress them and 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 like i'm going broke right now or maybe for you it's your your family you're getting ready to have some family in and you know when your family comes in it goes crazy cuz you always have that crazy person in your family that shows up you know what i'm saying how many people have a crazy person in their family 
How many? Yeah, quite a few of you. If you don't, it's you. Okay, it's you. You don't know who it is? Just go ahead and look in the mirror. It's right there, right there. Like they're they're all dreading you showing up right now, and, and like you're like uh, chaos is about to ensue. Um, and, and you like what do you do in that moment? Because this is what I know: the struggle is real. When there's chaos all around us, the struggle is real to find peace in the midst of our chaos. It is, man. When, when it's chaotic and crazy is all around, man, it's hard to find peace in those moments. And so how do we find peace in those moments? How do we not get out of our car and beat the dude down for doing this to us? How do we not kill the crazy uncle that shows up and says weird things and we go, where did he come from? How do we not go insane trying to live up to everybody else's standards of gifts when our standard of living is down here and their standard of living is up here? How do we... How do we deal with all that? I think the Bible has a lot to say about this. And we're going to be looking at Psalms 103 today. If you want to open up your Bible, it's one of, the, one of my favorite Psalms in all of the Bible. And uh, this is written by a guy named David. And David is, is a really important person in the Bible. In fact, uh, besides Jesus, David is mentioned more than any other person in the Bible. His story and his life are very, very significant uh, because... If you look throughout it, I mean, he's mentioned 59 times in the New Testament. He's, he has over 66 books written about, or 66 chapters written about his life. I mean, he has some of the most ultimate highs in life. He was, he was a shepherd who became a king. He was a warrior who defeated Goliath. Most people know that story. But he also uh, ended up having an affair. He was a murderer. He, he had two sons die. So he had some ultimate highs in life. But he also had some ultimate lows in life. He had some craziness going on in his life. And in the midst of all of that chaos, how did he learn how to have peace? How did he discover the key to having peace through those situations, through the incredible highs and the incredible lows of life? And in and, and, and Psalms 103, what scholars believe is David is reflecting back on his life and he's giving us some critical keys of how do we discover the peace of God for our lives. And so starting in verse 1 and 2, it says this. Let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart, I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. Let all that I am, and let me not forget all that God has done. And what David is doing right here in this psalm is David is giving himself a little bit of a pep talk. You know what I'm saying? Like he's, he's having some self-talk going on to himself in that moment and sometimes in life when life is getting crazy and life is getting hectic we need to go to the bathroom look ourselves in the mirror and say man what's up hey life is good god's got it control and by the way you're good looking you know you just gotta you gotta give yourself a pep talk every once in a while like you got it going on and, and david right here is giving himself a little bit of a pep talk he's reminding himself of some things. He's saying, man, let all that I am, let, let me just reflect and acknowledge. Like, let me look back a little bit. Let me see the reflection of life that sometimes I'm missing because I'm letting chaos control my life. Let me just take a step back for a moment. Let me take a step out and look back and see what's happened and see what's going to happen. Let me just, let me just grab a, a second away from the chaos and grab the steering wheel and get a grip so I can move forward in life. And what he's challenging himself to do and what he's challenging all of us to do, if you're taking notes today, is to remember the benefits of God. He's challenging all of us to remember the benefits that God has. That's why he's saying, I'll never forget the good things that God does. I mean, never forget those things. And it's easy to forget 
the benefits of things. I remember when Shayla and I, we were about two years into our marriage, and we'd gotten ourselves into a mountain of debt, and uh, we had like one credit card left that we hadn't spent uh, to the limit on. In fact, we just paid it off, and we were doing the whole Dave Ramsey thing before it was Dave Ramsey, when it was somebody else, and we were trying to work our way out of out of debt, and, and because of that, we were like, man, we, let's get rid of credit cards. So as we paid them off, we were calling them up and trying to, trying to cancel them. Any of you guys ever called and tried to cancel a credit card? Man, it's an experience. I remember calling up this card. It was a Chase Bank card and, and calling them up and saying, you know, you have to give them, like, all of your information and your first, second, and third board children as well, you know, in order to, to talk to a representative about your account. And finally, I get to this, this guy, and I'm like, hey, you know, I, I, wa I want to cancel my account. He's like, oh, you don't want to cancel your account? I'm like, no, I, I really do. That's why I called. I just went through 400 uh, touch button menus to talk to you so I could tell you I want to cancel. He's like, no, no, no. You don't understand how valuable this card is. I was like, yes, I do. I will run up all $10,000 of debt on it. I understand how valuable it is. It's $10,000 and 37 years of my life, okay? Um, like, I don't want it anymore. Like, I, I paid it off. Let's, I, I want it gone. He's like, but you don't understand. Like, I'll lower your interest rate. We have the best interest rates of any credit card. I'm like, oh, really? You'll lower their interest rates? He's like, not only that, but you don't understand. You need a credit card for emergencies. I'm like, I'm not planning on having any emergencies. He's like, exactly. It's the just in case. I mean, like, what happens if you're in Europe and you, like, lose your passport or something and all you have, if you have this card, you can use it anywhere in the world and I'm like I want to go to Europe someday and I hung up that phone and I had a higher credit line a lower interest rate and I could use that card anyway um, and because he reminded me of the benefits he reminded me of the benefits that came along with having that card in our lives sometimes we've got to remind ourselves of the benefits that God has brought to our life We've got to remember what he's done. When we want to go and we want to quit our job, when we go and we want to quit on our marriage, when we go and we want to quit on our faith, when we want to quit in those situations, we can't quit. What we've got to do is we've got to remember the benefits that God has brought to that moment because God is working in my life. God is working in that moment. God is in control of that entire situation. And if I look back on the past, I'll realize that God was working then and God is working now. And as I reflect back, I'll realize, man, God, the same God who did that yesterday is going to do that today. If I just step back and I remember because God's not going to abandon me. He's not going to throw me to the side, man. The same God who did that yesterday will do it today and forever because that's the nature of who he is. And we just need to grab hold of that. That's exactly what David does. If you look at what David does, he looks back and he reflects. He's looking back and he's reflecting. And you think about David's story. You think about the most famous story of David is definitely David and Goliath. That's the one that most people have heard about him killing a giant. But what a lot of people miss in the story is the fact that David was just a shepherd at the time. And his dad was sending him to go bring some cheese and some food to his brothers and as he's on his way there what's going on is the philistines are are up on one peak and in the valley is where the battle is supposed to take place and the israelites are on the other side and and instead of somebody bum rushing the other one and having a giant massacre what they did a lot of times in those days is instead of killing a whole bunch of people they said hey you send your best and we'll send our best and whoever wins will the other people will be slaves to them and so the Philistines send out a dude named Goliath who's nine feet tall. He's got all this metal. He's a big dude. Big dude. And all the Israelites are like, man, I'll take that dude on, but <coughs> I got a little bit of cough today. You know, maybe somebody else take that on. And here comes David to deliver this, and he sees 
Goliath out there uh, making fun of the Israelites' God, and, and he rises up and says, man, I'll take that dude on. And they're like, you are crazy. And they said, let's bring him to Saul, who's the king at the time. They bring him to Saul, and this is what David says in Samuel, 1 Samuel 17, 37. He said, the Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. See, David started looking back and he started remembering when he was a shepherd boy. He started remembering when the lion came to take the sheep and how he rose up in that moment and said, man, you ain't doing that. You ain't coming against what I'm protecting. He remembers when the bear came in. He starts remembering what God has done in the past. And if God did that in the past, he's going to do that in the future. And so he says, man, I'll take care of that giant. I'll rise up in the moment. I'll go slay this person that's coming against the very essence of God. The same thing that happened then will happen now. I'm going to remember what God did. And friends, let me just tell you this. When life feels a little crazy and a little chaotic, what we have to do when we feel like everything is out of control is we got to reflect back and look back and say, you know what? I'm going to remember what God did in the past, and he's going to do it in my present. Because the same God who rescued me yesterday will deliver me today. And some of you guys, you're, you're dealing with some things, and you're wrestling with some things, and you're wondering, how am I going to deliver this? And you're not, but God is, if you'll look back and reflect on his benefits. If you'll start re- stop relying on your strength and start tapping into his. See, David isn't filled with self-confidence in that moment. He's not saying that because he's confident of himself. He's saying that because he has God confidence in that moment. He knew who lived within him and who was working within him. And he knows that God has it. And so, man, what he does is he goes and he gets his five stones and his slingshot. And he rolls up to that battlefield. And, and he doesn't, like, contemplate. He just goes all in. When he starts running at the giant, man, he's all in. There is no turning back at this point. For some of you guys today, what your problem is, is you've been sitting on the sidelines and going, oh, tiptoeing back and forth, back and forth. And you're wondering why there's no peace in your life because you haven't committed. You haven't jumped in. You haven't dived in and said, man, I'm going all the way. I'm not going halfway. I'm not going partway. I'm going all the way. And as he embraced that, this giant looks up. And before he can do anything, bam, right in his forehead, the bigger they are, the harder they fall in Jesus' name. The bigger your problem is, the more you trust in God, the harder it's going to fall. And when it falls, it's going to make a commotion. And everything's going to change in your life because you're going to be a giant slayer in that area. Not gonna, it's not going to be your problem anymore. It's not going to be your dilemma anymore. What happens is David's fame grows, and all of a sudden he becomes the giant slayer. He becomes a legend in his land that eventually brings him to be king of his land. But it all goes back to this act of faith, of looking back and remembering the benefits of God, remembering what God did in the past. He's going to do in our present, and he's going to do in our future if we'll just trust him. And some of us, we need to remember God's benefits. We need to remember the benefit that God says, I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. You need to know that God is with you today. You feel like you're all alone and you're abandoned. You're not. God's right there all up and in your junk. And it's junk. Let me just tell you, it's junk. But God's like, man, I'm a deliverer. That's a benefit of God, man. He is a deliverer. For some of you guys, you need to remember that he is a forgiver. That he is a redeemer. He can take you from your mess and turn it into your greatest message if you put your trust in him got to remember some of the benefits of God. In fact, there's over 7,000 promises in the Bible. Those are benefits to you. All you got to do is start embracing them. You got to start living them. You start a guy running after them. You got to remember the benefits, what God has done. He's going to continue to do. And as we do that, we're 
we start to celebrate God's mercy. We'll start to celebrate God's mercy in our life. You know, about a, a year ago, there was a, there was a picture that was going around on, on Facebook that was a really, really big deal. In fact, I, I think that you guys have that picture. Uh, maybe you guys remember this picture. It was this picture of this homeless guy in New York uh, that was sitting outside in winter, and he had no shoes on. And so this cop was, was out, and he saw this, and he went and bought a brand new pair of shoes and brought this to this homeless guy. Um, and it, it, everybody was going crazy about this. It was all over the Internet. And, and, and I, I was thinking about this picture because it was just such a great illustration of the fact of God's mercies. Because the reality is, is that this homeless dude right here, he's loitering. You know what he's doing? He's breaking the law. You know what we've done all of our lives for most of us is we've broken the law. And what that's called, that's called sin. And, and the reality of the, the punishment for sin is death. And yet this cop, the punishment for loitering in New York City is being arrested and thrown in jail. And this cop didn't go and arrest this guy. Instead, what he did is he went and extended some grace and some mercy to this guy and went and met his greatest need of his life, which was a pair of shoes. Because that dude was freezing his butt off and his feet were exposed. And I love this story because mercy wins out in this story. Law doesn't win out. Mercy wins out. Now, the flip side of the story that most people don't know is that uh, some people became obsessed with the homeless guy, and they were like, well, who is this homeless guy? And come to find out his name is Jeffrey Hillman. And uh, Jeffrey Hillman, as it turns out, isn't so homeless after all. Jeffrey Hillman actually has a house in the Bronx uh, that's paid for by veterans' benefits. He, his mortgage or his utilities are all paid for by his best friend who's a pastor who's been his best friend since the fourth grade. And in his closet are 30 pairs of shoes. And, and, and people hear that and go, that is exactly why we should not give to anyone. Because they're going to take advantage of us. They're going to go and use those things. And they're just manipulating us and, and doing all these things. In fact, there's a video on YouTube in like March of this past year of Jeffrey Hillman on the subway in New York City with a wad of cash that he had gotten from the day because what he found out is that is if he would just go outside and take his shoes off and put them in a bag next to him and put a cup in his hand and take a nap, people would just come and put money in his, in his, in his cup. And so Jeffrey's been manipulating the system. And a lot of people think that's exactly like there, there was nothing shown there. Like what was the blessing of that? And let me just tell you something. The, the blessing wasn't for Jeffrey. The real blessing in this story was the blessing that that police officer got. See, because what we fail to realize is that we are blessed to be a blessing in life. We're not blessed to determine what somebody else is going to do with the blessing. We're just blessed to give. We're blessed to reach out and help other people. We're blessed to extend the very thing that God has given us freely, freely to other people, irregardless of what they do with it. That's not our job to determine. Our job to determine is to follow God and his nature and his path, no matter what the cost. And we've got to remember the mercy. Now, when I start thinking about this story of, of Jeffrey Hillman and this police officer, and I start looking at it as it applies to my life, a lot of times, honestly, I'm way more like Jeffrey Hillman than I am like the cop. I'm way more like him. Because when God found me, man, my life was jacked up, messed up. I was broken. I was searching. I was longing. I was hungry, not physically, but spiritually. I was destitute. I had no hope. And I'm going to guess that if you don't, if you found Jesus in here, and if you haven't, 
Probably your life was very similar. See, the Bible says that the wages of sin is death. We are under all this judgment. We are under all this condemnation. We are under all this stuff for our sins. And God literally reached down through Jesus to rescue and save us. We've received this incredible gift of mercy. Freely. That nobody can take away from us. And yet a lot of times I'm working on my own angle, my own path, totally disregarding this amazing gift to seek after my own things. And I think that's why David pauses right here in the middle of the Psalms and he just reflects back and he goes, man, he forgives me of all of my sins and heals all of my diseases. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. Because so many times we've taken advantage of the mercy that God has given to us. And when we look back, we realize God is working and God is moving and God is doing something amazing. And David's seeing that firsthand because you, you start thinking about David's life and, and what's happening in David's life. And David was all these great things where there's all these laundry lists of great things. But at the same point, like he goes and he sees a woman that he shouldn't be looking at and says, man, I want her. And he takes her and he has sex with her and she's married to another dude and she ends up pregnant. And he's like, man, I'm going to cover up this thing. And then he tries to bring that husband home. And when that plan doesn't work out the way that he planned it, like we all work our plans in life, what does he do? He goes and murders that dude. Kills him. And then he says, man, I'll just take her anyways. And David is a lot like us. We have all these ideals and we have all these plans and, and we, we, we think, man, I'm just going to hide all this stuff. I'm going to take all this stuff. I'm going I'm to try to live my life. And what happens is, is we're trying to navigate the things of life while hiding all this stuff under the carpet of our life. And thinking, man, I've got it going on and I've got all this stuff. But what we don't have with all of that stuff is the peace that we're searching for. And we got these secrets, and what happens when we have secrets is we always push people away, and we definitely push God away. Like, he doesn't already know. And we isolate ourselves. And one of the reasons why we're coastal community churches is because we believe that you shouldn't do life alone. One of the greatest enemies, greatest ploys of the enemy that he has put on us is that you've got to do life alone. You can't be honest and transparent with other people. And he gets you isolated. And luckily, David has a friend that's willing to go and have the tough conversation with him and say, man, something's going on. Like, you need to look at your life. You need to, you need to work some things out in your life because it's not right. And he challenges them to come clean. And this is what David says in Psalms 32, verses 1 through 5. And they, scholars say this is, this is the, the psalm that he writes in the midst of this time. It says, oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sin is put out of sight. Yes, what joy for those who rec whose record the Lord has cleared of guilt, whose lives are lived in complete honesty. When I refused to confess my sin, my body wasted away, and I groaned all day long. Day and night, your hand of discipline was on me. 
was heavy on me. And let me just tell you something right now. Sometimes when we keep doing the same stupid things over and over again, what God does is he starts to put his hand of discipline on us and get a little bit heavier and a little bit heavier so that we have nowhere to look but up, which is where we should have been looking all along. It's not a bad thing. It's actually a good thing. Some of you all are thinking like, man, it's heavy right now. That's because God is trying to get your attention. It says, my strength evaporated like water in the summer heat. Sounds a lot like South Florida in the summer. Some of you guys, man, your, your strength, you feel it right now. Your strength is evaporating. You've got these hidden things. You've got these hidden things, and it's, you're, they're a burden to carry, man. It's like every day is getting heavier and heavier and heavier. It's getting more overwhelming. And some of you guys that are Christ followers that have, have drifted a little bit and started acquiring some bad habits and some, some sin issues in your life, you're living inauthentically right now and you're living with all this bondage and, and all of these things. And you're like, it's getting heavier and heavier and heavier. And David, David embraces this because this is exactly where he's at. He's living with all of this stuff and hoping that nobody finds it out. But he goes, listen, I found the secret to ridding myself of all of this bondage. I, get, I found the secret to, to getting my strength back. He says, finally, I confessed all of my sins to you and stopped trying to hide my guilt. I said to myself, going back to self-talk, he's talking to himself. He says, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord and you forgive me. All my guilt is gone. The good news is, is that today, no matter where you're at, no matter what you've done, if you'll confess to the Lord, man, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's the good news of the gospel, man. God is here and he wants to extend mercy to you that nobody can take away. Nobody can take away that mercy that he's given to you. Nobody can take away that grace. It doesn't matter what people say about you. It doesn't matter what your boss says. It doesn't matter what your mama says. It doesn't matter what your friends say. It doesn't matter what your spouse says. It doesn't matter what anybody says. All that matters is what God says. Nobody can take away God's mercy. And people will say, well, you're not worthy of that, but God said I am. And Jesus died so I could have it. So, never mind, I'm not going to say that right now. I was, yeah, I did. Probably just good news. Man, we gotta, we got to receive his mercy and we got to celebrate it because it's a free gift that cannot be taken away. And as we receive his mercy, man, we got to receive the good things that he has for us. We've got to receive the good things that he has for us. Verse 5 says, he fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagles. What a powerful image. We have so many good things today, don't we? We have so many good things around us. Great things. iPhone 6. I mean, come on, good things. Lexus, December to remember. That's a good thing. I mean, for somebody. Lexus ain't showed up in my driveway, but somebody, that's a good thing. For some of you, family showing up at Christmas, that's a good thing. Others of you, bad thing. It's okay. So many good things in life. But we forget the good things, don't we? Louis C.K., who's a comedian, says, everything's amazing and nobody's happy. Everything's amazing. 
God's done all these incredible things. His mercies for us are new every single day. He's put all of these good things in our life. Forgiveness, hope, salvation, a clear and bright future. Man, he's given us a purpose and a destiny. There's all these good things, and we get so caught up in the minimal things that we forget all the good things. And we miss out on the best thing because we're so focused on what we don't have, we miss it out on what we do have. And we have the very best thing we can possibly have, and that's Jesus. And if we'll get our eyes focused, not on what we don't have, but what we do, everything will change in that moment. That's why he says, man, you gotta, you got to receive the good thing, man. you got to grab the good thing. What happens when we grab the good thing is it says, man, your youth is renewed like the eagles. Man, I don't know if you've ever looked at the difference in birds, but if you ever watch like a normal bird, you go outside and watch a normal bird. When they fly, man, they're flapping like crazy. They're like, just trying to, to elevate other situation. Man, it's, it's like a windstorm is happening based on how much activity has got to happen in their life. But an eagle is completely different. You don't see eagles flapping their wings very often. Because of how God has designed them and how God has designed you. He says, man, I've given you the structure. I've given you the strength. And all you got to do is get your focus on me and extend out. And what happens for eagles is, is as they're, they're, they're out and they're flying, what they do is they hit thermal waves of hot air. And it causes them to rise in their situation. They don't have to flap to get higher. They just rise up. And we start to remember the benefits of God, it's like, boom, thermal air. When we start to celebrate his mercies, it's like, boom, thermal air. We start to put our focus and our eyes on Jesus, boom, thermal air. And all of a sudden, where we were once grounded in the midst of our chaos, we're rising above it. And today, some of you guys... You're living in the middle of it, and God's saying, man, I'm trying to elevate you out of it. You may be grounded at this moment, but if you'll get your eyes fixed on me, and you'll start to celebrate the mercies, and you'll remember the benefits before long, you won't be stuck on the ground with the cray-crays. You'll be soaring with the eagles. And for some of us today, man, we need to start soaring. We need to stop living with all the lame birds of the air and start becoming the person that God's called us to be, which is an eagle, which is unique, who flies alone solely for him. Maybe today you're living in chaos and you need to get your eyes focused on Jesus. Maybe you didn't even know that was a possibility for life. You've heard about a lot of rules and religion, but you've never heard of this God that loves you so much. He wants a relationship. He wants to know you. Maybe for some of you, it's it's looking back on where you've been and seeing, man, God's brought me through all that. He's going to bring me through this. And realizing that you're not doing this life alone, that, that God's there with you. That people are there with you. Today's a day to celebrate. I think one of the greatest ways we celebrate is through worship. this is what my best friend always taught me. If I don't sacrifice, there is no worship. If I don't break out of myself, 
and let go of something that's meaningful to me. It might be your pride. It might be, for some of you, it might be your finances. For others of you, it might be your status. You say, God, man, I give it to you. You're missing out on the celebration of sacrificing and worshiping God with everything so that he can help you rise above your moment. Let's pray. God, we just come before you right now. And I know that so many people are dealing with so much chaos in the holidays. You can't, you can't help but experience chaos when you have family coming into town and you have expectations from other people of giving and receiving the right things and trying to make ends meet. I mean, life can get so crazy so quickly. And it's easy to lose focus in those moments. And it's easy to miss out on the most important things of all. The most important thing on Christmas is the fact that that God's love for us created him to move to us. And how he moved to us is he said, man, I'm not, I'm not going to give you some leftovers. I'm going to give you my very best. I'm going to give you my son to come and live with you so that I can live in you. And he gave it all up for us so that we could experience peace and joy. A sound mind, some some peace in the midst of our chaos. And maybe you're out there and you need that today. Maybe you need to experience Jesus. Maybe you just need to experience some peace. I'm telling you what, God is here and he wants to meet you. And so, God, we just pray right now that your peace that surpasses all understanding, God, would come and fill our lives. God, that as we put our focus on Jesus, as we make him our first, our foremost in our everything today, when we recognize what he has done, the benefit is, is that he came and lived a sinless life and died a sinner's death for your sin and for mine so that we could have life and we could have it more abundantly. If we'll just confess that he is Lord today, that you will save us. God, I thank you that you're a redeemer, that you're a defender, and that you're our friend. God, we give you all of our lives and put our focus and attention on you. In Jesus' name.